Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. Peace be unto you all. God has been so, so wonderful to us. We are still here. We are still moving. We are still breathing. All because of Jesus. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. God has been so good to each and every one of us. We all have the same testimony that God is good to us. And I praise God for blessing us to be together again on another Sunday, another day to hear his word, another day to praise and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God is amazing. I began to, when we were camping, I would wake up early in the morning. For some reason, I just could not sleep in the morning. So I would wake up early in the morning before the sun would rise. And in the woods, everything has its time. And I, I remember the scripture that the Bible said the lions and the bears come out at night and they gather their meat. And then in the morning, they go back to their dens and they go to sleep. And then the crickets have their time at night and then the birds have their time in the morning and I was just I was listening throughout the day and throughout the night how everything has a course in the woods but the Bible said let everything that has breath praise the Lord he said let the trees clap their hands and when you're just sitting out there in the woods uh, for a period of time if you pay attention you will hear the wind from one end and it'll just go all the way through the trees and it'll get loud and then back to quiet and I could just imagine the trees clapping their hands when God would blow on his creation when God lets you feel the little wind when the Holy Ghost came in as a sound of a rushing mighty wind the disciples they received the Holy Ghost when God breathes on us the breath of life we need to accept it and move on because God is moving every single day he moves in us every day and I would feel the wind go through the trees and I would begin to rejoice and say Lord bless me to move when you breathe on me don't let me stand still. I would go to bed and the crickets would just be making their noise. And I would say, you know what? I wonder what all they're saying to Jesus. Because they don't shut up. And they were so loud in the woods. You, Everything is way louder. And then in the morning you wake up and the birds just going and going and going and going. And I'm like, that is a beautiful sound. This is God's natural creation and we are supposed to be the same way with our course to praise God to give him thanks 
men ought to always pray, lifting up holy hands, clapping our hands. We are supposed to have our course to praise God too. Nothing stopped those birds. My loud generator didn't stop the cricket. Nothing stopped God's creation from doing what he created them to do. And Friday night, Eric said something. He just touched on my lesson today. And it actually made me happy because it was confirmation to me that this was the lesson that was supposed to be spoke today. And today's lesson is be about your father's business. We're going to be covering some scriptures today. We're, I'll be reading Luke 2.40. We're going to go to John 6.26 through 29. Matthew 16.5 through 12. John 4.31 through 38. Luke 14.16 through 24. Matthew 25.33 through 46. And Isaiah 58.6 through 9. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for gathering us together one more time. My Father, thank you for this opportunity to feed your people, my God. Lord, bless us to eat of this bread of life. Bless this seed to be planted upon good ground that we may bring forth a hundredfold in Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. Lord, don't let me say anything that is not of you. Don't let me say anything according to the flesh, but everything that is spiritual. For you said the words that I speak, they are spirit. My God bless us to hear spiritually and to see spiritually. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to be going to Luke, the second chapter, beginning at the 40th verse. And it says, and the child grew. Now this child is Jesus. When it says child, it's, it's talking about Jesus. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they supposing him to have been in the company. Now I want you guys to keep this word supposing in your mind. But they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors both hearing them and asking them questions. And when they heard him they were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt thus with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me, wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Friday Eric said that it is time for us to get serious. There's a time in our lives when we are born, and it's not talking about our physical years, but when you get baptized, or even when you turn your life to God, even before you get baptized, and you begin to walk with Christ, and you begin to change your life, you are a baby. You are a child. 
but you have to grow up. The Bible says that Jesus began to grow. He began to mature. He was no longer an infant. He began to understand now and he began to walk. We as Christians are supposed to grow. And there comes a time in our life when Jesus says you're no longer a baby. You're not an infant. I'm not going to hand feed you anymore. I'm not going to cradle you in my arms to put you to sleep anymore. I'm not going to carry you from one place to another. You need to walk. You need to learn how to get up and go. You need to learn how to search the scriptures and eat for yourself. You need to learn how to pray and water your soul. You need to do these things on your own. Yes, Jesus said, I will be with you even until the end of the world. I will never leave you. But he's not going to spoon feed us. We have to eat. We have to go to him and say, Jesus, I'm hungry. And he'll feed us. We will forever be his children, but we will not forever be his infants. We have to grow up. We have to take these things more serious. Now the Bible says in John 6, 26 through 29. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. They were not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do, that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. See, Jesus said two words that I want you to keep in mind. Well, one word, and the, his parents said another, this, another word, supposing. I want you to keep that word in your mind. But Jesus said the word wist. Now that word wist has a big, a lot of interpretation to it. He said, wist ye not that I must be about my father's business. The word wist means to know. Don't you know? that I must be about my father's business. Don't you understand that there is a time in our lives when we need to get to work? Don't you understand that there's a time in our life where we have to stand up for what we believe in? The word wish means to be a certain by seeing. We have seen signs, we have seen wonders, we've seen God work. We're supposed to be certain that this is the life that God wants us to live. Not wavering, not deciding. See, his parents, the word is certain means to be confident in what you are doing. His parents saw an impossible thing happen for a woman to have a child without a man. So obviously this child is not just one of your normal children. That should have been certain enough for them to know this child is gonna do things that we have unheard of. The promises that God gave for a virgin to have a child. Zacharias being dumb just for his son to be born because he didn't believe. There's abnormal things happening in this whole situation. We can be certain that this is what God has said and chose because of what things. So then in our lives, we have seen things that we know is only happened because of God. Prayers that we have prayed that God has answered. Things that God has done in our lives. We are supposed to be certain that what we are doing is pleasing to God. We are certain that this path that we are on is the path that God wants us to be on. We need to be certain. Why? Because we've already seen some miracles. We've already seen prayers be answered. The word uh, wish also means to observe. See, when you observe something very, very closely, you pay attention to it. You want to know how it works. 
where it came from, who said it, why they said it. You observe, you pay attention. The word of God is the same way when you pay attention to the word of God and you pay attention to what God is doing in your life. That is when you can be a certain of what's going on. The word wis also means to be aware. He was telling his parents, he was like, aren't you aware? This whole time that you have had me for 12 years, the uncommon birth that you gave to me, knowing that the angel Gabriel came and talked to you, aren't you aware of these things? Haven't you been paying attention to what I've done in your life? Haven't you paid attention to what I delivered you from? Haven't you paid attention to where I brought you from? Haven't you observed what I have done in your life but people are so forgetful of what God does he said you guys didn't follow me because of the miracle they didn't even pay attention to that miracle he fed 5,000 men besides women and children with two fish and five barley loaves of bread and they did not pay attention to that miracle they only were happy because they ate and got full Oh, Jesus got food. Let's go follow Jesus. Because when he feeds, we get full. Not paying attention to behind the scene of you getting full that it was impossible to feed that many people with such a small amount of food. But they didn't pay attention to that. Jesus is saying, wish ye not, don't you pay attention to what's going on. Don't you observe what's happening? And you're going to seek me sorrowing because you're not paying attention. We run and cry to Jesus, Lord, these problems and these pains and these sorrows and not paying attention to everything that God is doing in our lives. That the problems are to make us strong. The tribulations are to purge us. These persecutions are to get us ready. We're not paying attention. We're not observing what God is really doing. He told his parents, wish ye not. Aren't you aware? Don't you understand? Haven't you been considering all these 12 years that this is my job to do the will of my father? I came here for the people. I came just to die for the people. This is what I came for. Jesus didn't save you and I for just ourselves. He saved you and I to be ministers to his other people. He didn't give us salvation just so that we could be born, get salvation and go to heaven and that was all that that was to that. That's not what he did. He gave us salvation so we can deliver it to other people that are lost. To be ministers in this world. To help those that can't help themselves. To stand in the gap for those that can't stand up. To pull people out of the fire. To cut the cords of sin. To break the bounds of wickedness. That's why we have salvation. We are not here for no reason. We are here to be ministers of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, don't you understand? I didn't save you just for nothing. I didn't die for you for nothing. I died to give you life that you may also give life to somebody else. Not because the life belongs to us, but because we let Jesus work through us. I didn't give you the understanding of the scriptures for you to just hold on to it. I gave it to you so you can go and share it with somebody else. I didn't give you all of that food in the kitchen for you to sit down and eat. I gave it so you can feed somebody else. 
whether it's physical or spiritual, what God has given us belongs to somebody else. He didn't give it to us just for us. He gave it so we could share. If you read in another scripture, it says that everybody had everything common. They gathered money, they gathered property, they gathered land, they gathered houses, and they gave it to the people that needed it. Everybody had everything. Nobody had more and another one less. Now, today's we can't get lands and, and houses and the one that kind of doesn't work the same way as it did back then. But your spirituality, wisdom, and understanding that God has given you, the wardrobe that you have, the cars that we drive, we can't say that they're just ours. If somebody needs a ride, give them a ride. If somebody needs something, give it. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus is saying, don't you understand? all of this don't you see don't you consider we're going to matthew 16 5 through 12. and when his disciples were come to the other side they had forgotten to take bread then jesus said unto them take heed and beware of the leaven of the pharisees and of the sadducees and they reasoned among themselves saying it is because we have not taken no bread which when jesus perceived he said unto them O ye of little faith, why reason among yourselves, because ye have brought no bread? Do ye not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves of the five thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? How is it that ye do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. See, if we pay attention to the miracles and the signs and the wonders that Jesus has done throughout our life, we won't have that many questions or reasoning within ourselves when God tells us to do something. See, we have seen the dead raised. We have seen the blood of daddy's lake stopped. We have seen a person that said, the doctor said they will never walk dance. We have seen a person that had 4,763 units of allergies in which the doctor said you will be that way for the rest of your life we've seen him healed we have seen these miracles of God why is it then that we question are we doing the right thing when we search for the old paths to find them and walk therein we shouldn't have questions we should know you know what this happened in this way of living this is where Jesus is at this is where I'm going back to be is where Jesus is at we have to consider he told his disciples how is it that you don't know I'm not talking about bread that you eat i'm talking about their doctrine but it's because they didn't consider they didn't realize if they would have realized they would have said you know what we have one loaf of bread and we're only 12 people he done fed five thousand with two fishes we are well covered we don't need no food so he can't be talking about food what else is he talking about because food is out of the question but they didn't consider so then why well, we only have one loaf well, this is that he's just picking on them he wasn't picking on them because of food they didn't consider the miracles. What miracles in our lives has God done that we're not considering, that we're not thinking about, that we're overlooking? And he's telling us, guys, come on, run. Well, how can we run? Don't you just see where I brought you from? Don't you just see what I did? What miracles are we not considering? This is where that verse comes in when it says, commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. It's a time for you to lay down and consider what God has done for you where he's brought you from the miracles you've witnessed him do the times that you didn't think it was possible and God made a way that's a time for you to sit on your bed and consider and commune with your heart and know that God is 
real and that he can do anything. There's nothing too hard for God. And then when he says run, we can get up and say, you know what, I'm a run because God is my sword and my shield. He's my protection. He's not going to tell me to go somewhere I can't go. He's not going to tell me to do something I can't do. And if when he sees it's hard, he's going to be right there. I have nothing to worry about. When we consider what God has done, we're going to John 4, 31 through 38. In the meeting, while the disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then come harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto eternal life. That both he that soweth, and he that repenteth may rejoice together. Weepeth, and may rejoice together. And herein is that saying, True. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that way on ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. See, the Bible said that he sent them to reap where they didn't labor. In other words, as everybody knows about the Bible. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Everybody you talk to, they know something about the Bible. I don't care who it is you talk to, unless it's a child probably that haven't heard. But adults these days, you talk to anybody, they know who Jesus is. They they know that name. They know something about the Bible. You watch movies and they put scriptures or actions of the Bible in the movie. Everybody knows something. So that's already been sown. Now it's our job to go read what God has already sown. Now it's our job to go get that heart and bring it back to Christ. It's our job to go and to compel them. Do you know what that word compel means? That word doesn't sound like a very nice word, but yet Jesus told us to compel. Compel means to bring people by force, not to literally go pick them up and to bring them, but not in a sense to say, well, you know, God is good. You should go to church. Okay. And then that's that. No, we're supposed to be on people, compelling them by force. We don't stop. We don't take no for an answer. We go and we do it until they either go or get mad and shut us up. And we could go back to the disciples when Stephen went and talked to them. He spoke the truth so boldly and so strongly till they got so upset they stopped their ears and gnashed on him with their teeth and stoned him to death. That's how we're supposed to be with the word of God. So precise, so persuaded, so we're going to get you anyway. We don't take no for an answer. You need to believe in Jesus Christ until they get mad. Paul was stoned and they thought they killed him. He was beaten. He was whipped he wouldn't shut up he never shut up until they told him they said paul whoever wears this girdle is going to prison and they said paul don't go preach because you're gonna go to prison and he said you guys break my heart i'm not ready to go to prison i'm ready to die he was not gonna shut up and didn't shut up and went to prison and didn't shut up in the prison they could not get him to shut up that's how we're supposed to be the bible talks about them being sawn asunder and in caves and in dens 
and naked and destitute for food and all of this because the world was not worthy of them. And here we are going to say, you need to go to church. God is good. And, and then that's that. You know what that falls under? That word that their parents used, supposing. They thought, we think that if we tell them once, then that's good enough. We suppose that they should have heard and got it and went to church, but that's not what happened. We have to make them either say shut up or go. They have to choose. We can't stop until they actually make a decision. I don't want to hear you no more or okay, I'll go to shut you up. One of the two, but we can't just say it and leave it. We have to compel them. We have to forcefully tell them. We can. We have to constrain. Constrain means to do it by force again. Jesus told his disciples he constrained them to go get into the ship because they wanted to stay with Jesus. And sometimes Jesus had to push them away because they needed to learn. And when they went out into the ship, then the sea got all raging and they thought they were going to die. And Jesus comes walking on the water. They knew that storm was out there. He knew that that's what was going to happen, but they needed to go and learn something. We can't just be saying that we're soldiers for Jesus Christ, but we don't take him that serious. We need to take what we believe so serious until we don't take no for an answer. Something that we really believe in, we brag about. And I'm going to talk about a couple of you guys, but not in a negative way. So don't take it negative at all. Okay? I'm talking about you too. Don't take it negative at all. It's not negative. But when we really believe in something, we brag about it, we talk about it, we try to share it. For instance, Isaac never shuts up about the gym. It's everywhere, on Facebook, his friends, me, it's jokingly. Uh, you're gonna pick up something and there's a joke about it. You know, it's all about games. That's because he believes wholeheartedly that what he is doing is physically good for you. And it is. He has results. He has proof of what he was and what he is now. He has proof. So he believes in eating good and eating healthy. He shares that with people and bring it to church even though I don't care about eating healthy. I want good tasting food. I want fat. I want greasy. <laughs> I, I want all of that. You know, and I enjoy it. But he doesn't regard what I like. He brought healthy, which it was very good by the way, but he brought healthy. That's because he believes in it. If we believe in Jesus Christ the same way until everywhere we go, we talk about him. Everything we do, we mention him. Everything we do is to give him glory and honor and praise. That's when we know we really believe in Jesus Christ. Mary believes in her cooking. She believes that it tastes good. She believes she can sell it. So what does she do? She does. She takes it to the farmer's market and I've heard a couple last couple Saturdays, she sold out. She has proof that what she cooks is not only edible, but it is tasty and will sell. People do desire it. She has proof Saturday after Saturday. How come we bottle up Jesus? And we have proof that he's alive, that he's real. He works miracles. We have proof, but we bottle him. We're ashamed to just go and be so forceful. Is it possibly because we really don't believe that much? If that is, then we there's something we need to pray for. Because we need to be out there everywhere. When people see us, they're supposed to know the next thing they hear is going to be something about Jesus. When they went to the hospital, they, I was in there and I was sick. And they stood up and they testified against mommy and daddy. And they brought up such an evil report. And then they stood up one that said, Mr. And, and I'm going to paraphrase because I was too young to remember. 
word for word, so I'm just saying what I heard, not because I remember all of it. So they stood up and they said, Mr. and Mrs. Rogers have a dying child and they don't do anything but pray. That is a good testimony. Everybody knew that all they were going to do was pray. They believed in Jesus. Daddy got bold one day and he stood up and he said, you know what? I'm not doing anything else you guys say. And they said, excuse me? You mean you don't want to? He said, that's not what I said. I said, I'm not going to. He said, in the police force, there's some strong ones and some weak ones. In the fire department, there's some strong ones and some weak ones. In the army, there's some strong ones and the weak ones. And in the army of God, there's some strong ones and there's some weak ones. And you happen to be talking to one of the strong ones. And I'm not doing anything else you say. And didn't. And they didn't do anything. They, they couldn't. Because God has all the power. We shouldn't keep it bottled up. We know who God is. We know these people are lost. We know these people need salvation. We know that these people, there's a time limit for everybody. And we're all going to die. Our name, when they see us in the streets, they should know they're going to talk about God. Here they come. If you don't want to hear about Jesus, you might want to leave the building because here they this is guy to rain ministry, dude. I'm telling you, that's all they talk about. That should be our testimony. And it is getting better. People are starting to recognize. I hear Adam, they don't cuss that much in front of him. I hear Eric's testimonies of his job. Mine, they repent every time. Well, I won't say repent, they apologize. Every time they say words that I don't want to hear or they curse or whatever, they, oh man, oh, my, I, I apologize. Or my bad, I need to watch my language. So it's getting better, but it needs to speed up. It's time for us to get more serious about what we're doing. We want to be soul winners. We want people to know these people know who Jesus is. We want the devil out there to say, Paul, I know. Peter, I know. Guided Way Ministries, I know. But who are you? There, He's supposed to know who we are. Jesus is supposed to say, have you considered my little church, Guided Way Ministries? Have you considered them? He's supposed to be able to brag about us. We're supposed to be able to brag about him. And we can, so let's not bottle it. Let us give it, let us get more serious about what we are doing. Luke 14, 16 through 24. Then said he unto him, a certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all these things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, and the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men would forbid him shall taste of my supper. See, this has two meanings to this story. Probably a lot more, but two that I saw. One meaning of this story is that Jesus tells people who he is. And he, he tells people, come on, everybody, everybody that was bidden. 
he has like his chosen elect and I'm going to bring it towards the people that get baptized and they know Jesus and they are a servant of God and he says come and let us eat but then a lot of the Christian people they start having excuses well I would go to church but I got to go to work I would do this but I have to go do that and if I could I would but uh, my husband needs this or my wife needs that or my girlfriend needs this my boyfriend needs that and we have all these excuses and then he says okay fine then don't let them come in and go to all the ones that are in the world that don't know me and force them to come because my table needs to be filled. I'm not going to have this great feast and nobody here and the ones that I called and chose and wanted to be here, they didn't want to. So now go and get those ones that don't know me and let them come in here and eat. So we are supposed to be in the highways and hedges and, and compelling people and bringing them into God's supper because the end is about here. We need to have, it's going to be furnished with or without us because he's going to furnish it. So if he tells us to go and we say no, he'll get somebody else that will because his table will be furnished and he's going to gather, but he has let us have an opportunity. We're going to Matthew 25, 33 to 46. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was unhungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee unhungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was unhungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer, saying, Lord, when saw we thee unhungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. See, what we do to these people down here, we're doing it. To Jesus how does it look when so when when if we saw somebody physically naked we probably would try to clothe them but it goes beyond that it goes to more spirituality when we see somebody that doesn't have the robe of righteousness and we don't introduce them to Jesus when they are naked we're not clothing them when their soul is hungry for the word of God and we don't give it to them 
we're not feeding the hungry. When they're thirsty and they need to be prayed for and we don't, we're not giving them drink. When they're bound by the cords of their own sin and tied up in iniquity and we don't go loose their bounds, we're not visiting those that are in prison. That does not look good and will not go good for us at the end of the day. Because why? God gave us everything that we need to go and do these things and we're just bottling it up. We're not doing it. We need to do these things. We're going to the last one, Isaiah 58, 6 through 9. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out of thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward. Now we need to start with ourselves and then move on to other people. First, we need to compel our flesh by force that it needs to be under subjection to God, period. And then we will be able to go and do that to others, to compel them. When we get more serious about who we serve, we will put our flesh into more subjection. And this is what it looks like. Eric gave me a very great idea. Well, not really an idea, but just opened my eyes a lot more. When we have a job or we have hobbies or things to do, for one, my hobby is to build stuff. I don't care where I am, I'll get in trouble normally because I'm loud and I build stuff. In every apartment that I've ever been in, I've had complaints of noise from saws and stuff. That's me. Why? Because that's my passion. That's what I like to do. But when Eric said we need to be more serious, when I went home and was pondering these words, I began to think, you know what you do? You say, you know what? I'm going to praise God as I'm doing this. And at the end of the day, you did all what you wanted to do, and you really don't have your mind on God that much. You can try and, and you can praise him every now and then, but it's not that much. How many times do we say, you know what, this is my hobby, but I'm going to give time to God. I'm going to just just meet one-on-one -on -one time. Yes, God likes it when we praise him as we're at work. Yes, God likes it when we praise him when we're cooking, but he likes it more when we have one-on-one, -on -one, just nothing but you and God. That is more important. We need to do that more, more one-on-one. -on -one. So I looked at my trailer and I saw all the lights that I bought and I was like, yeah, okay, you first need to practice what you preach, <laughs> you know? So I did and I put the lights down and I went in the house to read the Bible. I'm not saying you can never do what you don't like. I'm not saying that, but make sure God is your top priority. Make sure he's first in your life. And then whatever happens, happens after that. But let God have one-on-one -on -one time with you every day. Every single day, make sure you give God some one-on-one -on -one time. And if you can add to it, then add to it. And the reason I say that is because the calling that God has on our lives, and especially as men, they didn't even have leisure enough to eat, let alone build a house, work on a car. They didn't have leisure enough to eat. And the world is in that much chaos right now again where no you don't really hear the truth anymore where you wherever you go or they water it down or, or they don't really want to say because they don't want to offend nobody if god starts moving in this church how many of us really will have leisure enough to eat so then we need to really ask ourselves is this really the calling that we want to do or is it not 
Because if it is and God starts moving and then we say, well, you know, hold on, I got these things to do. That's not going to be good for us at all. So is this the calling that we really want to follow? If it is, then we're going to go for it. If it's not, God will find somebody else that will. But it's going to get done. It's going to get done. And so I started thinking, I said, you know what? I don't want this trailer. I don't want this business. I don't want nothing. I want to not have leisure enough to eat. I want to be about my father's business so much until I don't have leisure enough to eat. People are coming and going. They're being clothed. They're being delivered. They're being healed. They're doing all everything that God wants to do. I want him to be able to do it through us. Because all that fun stuff, I can do that when this flesh dies. And there's so much fun up there. Jesus said, your eyes haven't seen, your ears haven't heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of men. And you could see some nice things men has built. Fabulous things. Things that will take your breath away. Places that you're just like, wow, that is nice. Mansions that are just wow. Cars that make you just like, oh man, I would love to drive that car. And none of that is to be compared to what God has for you and I. If we just suffer today, pleasure throughout eternity, or pleasure today, suffer throughout eternity. Those are the options. Because when you're on the battlefield for God, you're not going to have a peachy, easy go life. It's not going to happen. The devil will try to kill you on a constant basis. He's going to try to distract you. He's going to try to tempt you. He's going to try to steal your joy. He's going to do whatever he can. He's going to fight you as much as God will allow him to. But it's not to be compared to what God has planned for us. Let's get serious, saints. Way more serious. Until we don't have the time to close those doors. Until we have to get a bigger spot. Until we don't have time to close those doors. The church is going to be, I want and I pray, that the church will be like it used to be where they never shut the doors. Because it was constant. We're going to need more than one pastor. We're going to need more than an assistant pastor. We're going to need more than one usher. We're going to need people. But it starts with us. And then it will go from there. Let's be about our father's business. Way more about our father's business. The word of God that you have heard and received with an open heart. To live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he shine his face always upon you. And may he forever keep you.